Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 82 of the Galactic Dads Podcast. Of course, we are your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond, which can include bits of dad vibes for those daddy issues. We'll, of course, talk comics, video games, TV shows, movies, and so much more. Of course, I am B. It feels so good to be back. It's been about a month since I have been on the mic. And the other noisy guy over there is making all sorts of noise. That's Laser Eric. Welcome back, and you're the one who told me to open the popcorn. It's not my fault. Well, I didn't think you would just do it next <laughs> to the mic. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. New year, new you. Do better. Yeah, right. All right, so it is definitely the new year. I don't really, you know, I'm not like a resolutions kind of guy, but I think the one that I will definitely make is stop letting life get in the way and get back to weekly publishing. Yeah, that would be nice. That and would I, be nice. I've been itching just to get back and, yes. and record and just chop it up with you guys. It's been a minute. It's no secret now. Everybody's got some COVID issues and the CDC's yeah. changing all sorts of recommendations and stuff. It almost feels like daily now. Uh, so we've we've been navigating that as a mm-hmm. family. I'm sure you and yours have as well. Yeah, we've had a couple of, um, nobody's gotten sick or anything like that. We've had a couple of, um, I guess we can call them scares. Yeah, possible exposures. Yeah, a little stuff. bit of exposure yeah. stuff, but so we've you, been fortunate. Then you quarantine, and it's been throwing a wrench in our recording stuff. <laughs> and Most definitely. The know. month of December is not friendly for anybody's schedules as it is anyway. No, no work holiday parties, and you got everything else, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Then you get all the family Christmas get-togethers and... You know what? I mean, that only further fueled the, oh, might want to go get tested scares. So oh, know yeah. How that goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it is good to be back. I'm happy to be here. We have so much to talk about because yes, December was not only jam-packed of holiday stuff and family things and all that. It was full of awesome content. Mm-hmm. I mean, some really good stuff happened. We got essentially most of Hawkeye and the finale of Hawkeye over there on Disney+. Plus. We had a new The Batman trailer. Yes, that, the new that trailer for the Batman, the Bat and the Cat. Up. Yes, which was incredible. Um, everything, everything I see about that movie, I just cannot wait. Yes, to watch again. Or so to watch for the first time, right? I know we'll get to it, but I, I have a question for you. Um, so obviously, there was this little-known movie that showed up around Christmas time called Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Did you see the Batman trailer before the movie? No. Yes, I saw a trailer. So not the new one though. I saw, I did not the first time I saw the movie. Because I saw that, and then I saw uh, Matrix Resurrections trailer. I see. Okay, yeah, when when I went to see Spider-Man the first time, I didn't see that trailer. I saw it the second time. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was two different theaters, two different brands of theaters. as well. I was about so to ask which at. theaters were you, yeah. Yeah, the first time was Marcus, second time was um, what, um, whatever, uh, AMC. Yeah, AMC. AMC, so. AMC was the one where you saw those trailers? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I gotcha. All right. Well, obviously, you can tell that we're having a great time. Uh, if you want to see some of those great times, you can hit us up on any of the socials. We're on mm-hmm. all the big ones, including TikTok, uh, obviously, at Galactic Dads. 
Uh, you can find us over on Instagram as well on the food and beverage page, as Eric has so aptly dubbed it. <laughs> uh, that is at Galactic Dad's Barbecue. And, of course, we have a bunch of others if you want to check them out, which, of course, you do because they're awesome. Uh, you can find all those handles in the show notes. For sure. While you're hanging out in those show notes, you'll also see links to our Patreon where you can get access to super sweet, awesome, cool content. Uh, you can get that, some sweet merch, and all sorts of fun behind-the-scenes access. Uh, we are currently working on setting up the live stream for Patreon members, uh, which we should be getting off the ground here pretty shortly. Uh, for a little bit of help, if you guys want to make it easy for us, go check out the YouTube channel, the Galactic Dads YouTube channel, and subscribe. We'll need a couple more subscribers before we can use my mobile phone to live stream. <laughs> and that's really what I'm after right now. That's really what I'm after. That'll so. make it. That'll make it very easy, yeah. and um, and that'll get you the content that you want to see faster, much faster. You can see us live, baby. Yeah, see us live. Which I don't know if you guys know, Laser Eric is incredibly handsome. Yeah, I, yeah. I can like say that, that objectively. Like, <laughs> it's a good looking, dude. Aw, you're yeah. not so bad yourself, sweetheart. Shh, be quiet. <laughs> quiet. So now that we've clearly had enough beer, should I mention the untap? Go for it. <laughs> so you guys know we like to drink, and uh, we like to catalog all of our beers on the Untapped app. So find us there, at Galactic Dads, be our friend. You can see all the beers we've drank from the day we started cataloging them, which I think was in the first couple episodes of the show. Uh, fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yep, first natural light in fifth grade. Just <laughs> kidding. Good lord. Uh, yeah, that first natural light was before fifth grade. But keep yeah. going. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, come find us on there. Uh, you can see what we're drinking. Uh, we we like to be pretty social on there. Toast us. Share your beers so we can see what we need to drink next. Uh, better yet, rate your beers too. I always love a good suggestion. I do too. Yeah, I really like them. You know what? I think that's a perfect transition into. Beers of the week. week. So let's talk about them. Just really, really feels good to sit down and have a beer and podcast. I don't, you don't know how much you miss it till you don't do it for a little while. And you find yourself just itching. So to ease my way back into it, I, uh, I went with a tried and true, one of the favorites of the show, actually, if we're just reaching for something, especially uh, Jedi John as well. Uh, I'm drinking Budweiser today. Obviously, Long live the king. Obviously, that's the king of beers. The label says so. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with Budweiser, you haven't seen a Super Bowl commercial in your whole life. There's really not much I to say about it. So I will pass the mic. All right. Well, I am. I'm drinking. I actually found one that I had not seen before. Uh, earlier today, it's from the Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, one of my favorite breweries, probably because of how close it is. I got the Space Camper Nova Flare India Pale Ale. This is a 7% from the For the Planet. Let's see, the only planet with beer. Save the Earth, it's the only planet with beer. It's actually, it's funny, it says 7% for the planet, but it's 5.9% alcohol by volume. West Coast Style IPA. Uh, this is a nice, easy drink. I'm on my second one, and uh, they're not too... You know, some of these IPAs will beat you to death. This one does not do it. I like it. It's a good drinker. Nice. Nice. We'll have to look forward to that one the next time I'm looking for an IPA. Yeah, it's got some groovy can art, too. I like it. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about why we do all this drinking. Let's do it. It's because we're dads. <laughs> so let's roll on into daddy issues. 
is it just me or is post Christmas like the best time of year for your kids? I would agree with that. I, I feel like when you get, at least in my house, when you get past Christmas and when you get past all that, you know, insanity and everything leading up to December 25th, I feel like you almost take like a big weight off your shoulders. Mm, a big sigh of relief. Yeah, and the kids take a big weight off of their shoulders, and everybody's just kind of happy to be for a couple weeks until they realize how cold and miserable they are. Yep, yep, that happens fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. But, no, I agree with you. I think you get the week between Christmas and New Year's, the kids are home from school or, or whatever they're doing, and, uh, you know, you get to go out and have a little bit of fun and, everything's a little bit more lighthearted. I don't know how your work is between Christmas and New Year's, but I know mine was pretty It was, pretty it was pretty light. Yeah, yeah, it was. The office was on a skeleton crew, which is always nice for me. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were supposed to be open Tuesday through Friday last week, and I'm pretty <sighs> sure I was open for about two and a half days the entire week. And other than that, it was like, just go home. We're good. Yeah, we're set. Right. We're fine. So that's really good. But, uh, you know, I'm in thinking, especially of my kids. Yeah. It's like they're not bored. For, oh. you know, for a minute, I'm like, yes, play with all the stuff I bought you because I bought you a lot of stuff. Yes. Do you ever feel like you overbought? I always feel like I yeah, overbought. I feel like I did too. Now, the the real question that I have to, to carry on from that, though, is so when when we're leading up to Christmas, Steph and I will get everything out. We'll kind of separate it all and see what we've got for each kid. Mm. We got this big effort to try to make everything, quote unquote, even. even. Yeah. yeah. I experienced that for the first time this year. You ever, you ever sit there and you look at the big piles that you've got for each of the kids and think, man, I didn't, I don't think I spent enough on this kid versus the other. Oh, well, I mean, for me, it's really easy because my one kid's four and a half. Right. And the other one's just turned like 17 months. Yeah. So a four and a half year old had like a mountain of stuff. I looked down at this piddly little couple of boxes mm-hmm. for my youngest. and was like, no, we need to, uh, we need to up this game here. We really, um, is there anything we can take from her and give to him? Like, so we don't have to go back to the store or order anything right. else. The the beautiful thing about that is when they're that age, we, we discovered the joy of going to five below. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and we still do that to some degree. It doesn't work out as well anymore because Logan's nine and he's a little more conscious of what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that definitely helped with the quantity thing. But we, we definitely had a crisis of faith about three days before Christmas where we're like, we don't have enough stuff for Barrett. Oops. It's like, yes, we do, but we don't feel like we do. <laughs> you know? We, uh, yeah, we had the same issue, except for we were just like, no, we do. We do. Because we also had that thing where each of us were buying things mm-hmm. just kind of sporadically. Yeah. And then we're like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I got all this stuff in the garage. Hang on. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all these boxes start appearing from nowhere, and you're like, oh, okay, we're good, we're good. That's the that's the curse that we had this year, because we started shopping in September, October. Yeah, well, because everybody was scared that you there weren't going to find anything. On the shelf. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we just kept buying, and then, you know, we're looking, and, and we did something a little weird this year, uh, which is to say we had everything bought and everything, and we were looking at all the gifts that we got both the boys, and then we looked, and there was something that, my oldest wanted that we didn't get because he didn't decide he wanted it until about two weeks before Christmas. And then we started looking at the gifts we had and everything. And, and Steph and I looked at each other and we're like, yeah, the, the, these gifts kind of suck. Let's go get that thing. What was the thing? Basketball hoop. 
Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I saw the pictures. Yeah, actually, the, the there was the, I think the night that you and I were talking, it was like midnight or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that had, tracks, yeah. Yeah, I went home, or I went to Academy Sports at 11 o'clock at night to buy a basketball hoop. And, you know, we still have to return the, we had originally bought him a drone, and I still have that to return or make go away so that I can keep it and play with it. One of the what two. Can, what kind of drone? Is uh, it the one from Costco? No, it's the one from Amazon. It's nothing special. It's not the one you got. Yeah, the one I got at Costco is awesome. Yeah, the one you got. That I saw that when I was cool. there. I was like, man, that thing's awesome. I it really is. You, uh, I'll let you come over and fly mine. I uh, might have to do that sometime. Though that could be dangerous. But it actually is way more dangerous than I thought it would be. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That'd it was really better. cool. <laughs> I was like, I was telling my kid, back up, back up. This thing, whew, I don't know, just look out. We'll take a limb off. <laughs> Smoke the garage with it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> so, you know, drones are fun. Watch out for this. Yes. So did you have any uh, last-minute mind changes or last-minute things that you had to build for Christmas before? No, although I did spend Christmas morning as a full-blown union construction guy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, first thing I built was the Disney princess castle. Oh my. Oh, that it's huge. huge. Yeah. It's taller than my daughter and she just glows with excitement every time she walks past it. And my wife and I bought that early, probably November, uh, before Thanksgiving, we bought that. And That's then, good. um, one day I was at, I was walking into Walmart for something I actually needed. Uh, and I must've needed it cause I hate just walking into Walmart. Yeah, it's it's dangerous. Yeah, but they had they had put up all the like toy Black Friday mm-hmm. deals. It, it was like a Tuesday or something. So they, you know how they set up super early this year. Mm-hmm. And I walked by and they had all these Disney princess dolls for five dollars a piece. So I got Kinsley every different princess I could find. Yeah, no kidding. Take that. Run. Yeah, yeah. She ended up with like ten Disney princess dolls. That's awesome. So her little Disney princess castle is completely just chock full. That's great. And then my coworker, she has a daughter who's like now 19 or 20 or something like that, mm-hmm. but still had the Barbie Malibu Dream House. Nice. So I got that for nice. free. And the Barbie Boeing 757 Jet. Oh, my Lord. Got that. I brought those two home and then um, put them next to the castle. So now my daughter has like a whole like condominium complex. Yeah, it's she's like, got a whole city. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually went in the basement, cleared out this whole area with like a nice plush rug for her to just play on. Sweet. Yeah, it was dope. And then, um, yeah, my son was just there and he was happy. <laughs> he was like, Where, where's the box? Let me put it in the box. It's the beauty of one-year-olds. You can get them whatever you want and they'll, yeah. they'll be happy as a clam. He was like, this is great. Whatever you give me, I'm going to eat anyway. Right. So. Yeah. I'm going to try to chew on this. So, you know. He actually, go. he got a... Uh, this really cool, like little people. That's the brand, like the mm-hmm. what was it, Fisher Price Little People. So, yep. like as a kid, I had this garage. Yeah, and um, yeah, I did too. Actually, I yeah, think I know what you're talking. You know about. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like the big oversized wheels on the car, and it goes around this little like gas station. And stuff. yes, well, they had this other thing that was like it unfolds up into like a mountain, and nice. all of the ramps connect. Like it's so cool. Huh. It's so cool. And I, I saw that and I bought it for myself, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but he likes anything with wheels, so that was he enjoys that. And he also got like a, a scooter. Okay. Because at one and a half, he'll ride his sisters and just nice. kind of look around like, what's going on? So we got him another one of those, and then my family hooked him up. He got like a bike. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Without pedals, so you can help balance and yeah, stuff Yeah, the balance like bike. Yeah. Those things, are, those things are worth their weight in gold. Oh, good. Whenever yeah. he's like big enough to figure it out. 
I look forward to that. I'm trying to get my daughter to figure it out so that I can take the train wheels off her bike. <laughs> well, she's four and a half. She's still, you know, she's still got a minute. I think Logan was six when we pulled his. Oh, dude, I was five and I never had training wheels. My <laughs> grandpa put me on a bike and said, you're going to learn to ride today. And the first time I got going, I went right into a mailbox and clotheslined me off that bike. That's that's the old school, though, because my, my grandparents, I had training wheels, but I had them for about 30 minutes. Pretty sure my grandpa handed me the bike, and on the other hand, he had the wrenches to take them off. Like He was ready to go. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's just the old school way. But, you know, it's it's weird these days because Logan, like, he loves riding his bike. And he we took the training wheels off at 6, and he picked it up real quick. Barrett is five, and, I mean, he almost doesn't have any interest in riding his bike at all. That's weird. Yeah. I loved riding my bike as a I kid. Oh, that's like your I first that piece of freedom. Everywhere. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to the gas station. I've grown. <laughs> at, like, eight years old with $2 in your pocket. Yeah, right. Yeah, ours was uh, it was McDonald's because nice. we could take back roads and, and get there, and, and $3 could get us a, a combo meal, which now $3 might get you. No, it won't get you a coffee. It won't even get you a basket of fries. It won't even get you in the drive-through line. Let's be straight on that. But yeah, it's weird, man. And it's it's fun though. So how many uh, how many family Christmases did you uh, experience this year? Did you keep them spaced out okay? Or they were all spaced out. That's good. <clears throat> Which was good. We had um, three. Well, I had three. Yeah, we had three. Also, it wasn't bad. Yeah, and that's including like I count my family, like us. I was like, that's, you know, Christmas morning counts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So three. Oh, that's cool. It, it was good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's, good. it's I was talking to John about it on the last episode. It's it's hard not to get overwhelmed with the amount of mm-hmm. movement you have to make. Now, obviously, with all the, you know, whatever scares and whatever you might want to call it, the health scares and things, you know, I think people were kind of keeping things a little more under hat this year. But uh, even still, I mean... You know, it's it's hard to, especially with little ones. I know, you know, that was a concern with four and how much they would have to pack them around. And even with Kent being at 17 months, yeah, overstimulation true. is a thing. So, That's true. Yeah. But, it, I mean, you know, it was good. It was way more than last year. Yeah. Well. Last year, I was like, I don't know you. Yeah, that's true. I'll drive by your house and throw some stuff in your lawn. Merry Christmas, you <laughs> filthy animal. Yeah, no kidding. Going back home to get my PJs. I'll stop for a second and pop my trunk. Go get your gifts. Don't take anything that doesn't have your name on it. Don't you dare try and open my door. <laughs> Don't take the tire iron. <laughs> Don't take anything without your name on it. <laughs> that would not work for my kids. My kids would be like, they're all mine. Presents. Mine. <laughs> that's a good time. Indeed. But no, it was fun. You know, the holiday good. season was good this year. Good. How was New Year's? Uh, New Year's was exactly how I wanted it to be. Bed by 10 o'clock? Oh, my God. My wife was. I actually stayed up till midnight, uh, but I was just on the couch just cruising, man. All yeah. chilled out and relaxed. We were. We took the kids to skating rink down the street. Great skate? Yeah, we went to great skate. Oh, great skate. We did their New Year's skate, which was better than I thought it would be. You know, it was crowded, but it wasn't unbearable. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids had a blast after that. We went over to, to one of Stephanie's friends houses, which is real close to ours. And we had, you know, did a little heavy appetizer snacking and a couple of beers. And then we, we were at home. Kids were in bed by 11. I was still awake at midnight. Logan was still awake at midnight. Cause he started hearing the booms and he's like, dad, what's that? And like, ah, just, just whatever it is, dude, just go to sleep. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell you it's fireworks or anything. Cause I want you to want to go look. <laughs> That's once you go to bed. 
I'm pretty sure that everything I heard was fireworks. There was one that I definitely was questioning, but you know, I think for the most part we were okay. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I'm pretty sure somebody was doing like a 21 gun salute. Out by me. Remember, I sent you the girl. I was like, did I wake up in Fallujah? Yeah, your text was greetings from Fallujah, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out what you were talking about because I was half asleep. It was like, oh, wait, yeah, it probably sounds like Iraq out there. Yeah, I really hope that they're shooting into, like, the wood pile at the edge of their property or into the dirt. I yeah. really hope it's not into the air. Yeah, at each other, whatever, you know. That one, Not you know, really. That one, maybe. And I don't have to hear it next year. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Darwin, Darwinism at its finest. <laughs> That's not like a Roman candle war. Do not do that. Do not. Damn it. <laughs> <There he goes. laughs> oh, Roman candle wars. No, it was, it was a good time, though. It was a good, it was, you know, all in all, happy it's over with. Indeed. But I was happy Indeed. that it happened. I, I enjoyed the holidays and New Year's and everything. It was good. For sure. Uh, but I'm totally stoked to enjoy endure this new bitter cold that decided to show up on new year's day yes and uh it looks like it's just gonna hang around so fun yeah it's gonna be bitter cold for at least a week here and then who knows what's gonna happen it'll probably be 85 next week and right we'll all get sick and everybody will think we have covid and and there you go yeah that will post nasal drip because Mm -hmm. the humidity fluctuates so much Mm -hmm. we'll have bugs and stuff for a day and Mm -hmm. then the frost will come by and kill them all again (laughs) that's all right the mosquitoes deserve it Oh, yeah, those little bloodsuckers. Yeah, they don't even bite me, but I still hate them. Anyway, speaking of bloodsuckers, are mm-hmm. you excited for Morbius? Um, Well, I was. Uh-oh. You yeah. know what? I guess we should probably talk about that in movies. Yeah, let's we'll, talk about that in let's movies. Let's get it going. Uh-huh. All right. What happened? Well. Why, why are you not so excited to see Morbius now? Well, no, I'm, I'm still, okay, I'll be honest. I am still excited to see the movie. I saw the trailer both times I saw Spider-Man. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah, the trailer yeah. was good. The trailer um, is like made me way more excited to see it than I was for Venom. I ever. agree. V- Venom, like, I, I don't know. Venom was almost like, okay, that's kind of funny sketch comedy type stuff that I'm seeing in the trailers, but I don't have to go see the movie. This one, I feel like it would be worth watching. Yeah. Um, it would definitely be worth watching a whole lot more if it would actually come out, but it just got delayed for the seventh time. Ah, oh, it feels so good. Now to from, have it delayed. I thought it was coming out this month. It was supposed to come out the 22nd. Now yeah. I think it's coming out in July. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sony, no. I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You've got to figure if it's this close. What is it? Okay, so I looked at it. I apologize. It's not July. It's April 1st. Ugh. Is, is that a joke? Out. I don't know, man. Usually the jokes come out on April 1st, not the delays. I so know. hopefully the movie's not a joke. But there is something coming out in January still, though. Yeah, I think it's Scream. The rest of this stuff is pretty irrelevant. You got Jackass Forever in February, if anybody still watches those. I mean, I'm I'm too. Just watching those guys makes my body hurt. Actually, dude, Logan would probably get a real kick out of it. Well, yeah, he's... He's nine, so... pre-teenage. Yeah, Yeah, that's like right in his wheelhouse. 
Yeah. So did you see the Uncharted trailer when, when you saw Spider-Man? Oh, Tom Holland. It no. looks so good. I didn't see it when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home, but mm-hmm. I watched the trailer. And here's the thing that really messes me up about that, that whole movie just in general. Mark Wahlberg is now too old to play the main actor. He has to play the older guy. That's true, and that's a little strange to me. Man, that really bothered me. But yes. Tom Holland as Drake looks great. He does. He looks really good. The trailer, I believe I saw this trailer at the Marcus showing. I I saw it at my house on YouTube. (laughs) I getcha. Trailer looks great. It actually looks better than I was expecting. I haven't played the Uncharted games. I heard they're just fantastic. Yeah, it was Naughty Dog really up in their game. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things. It's just simply they're they're on the list, but the list is long. But yeah, that movie looks really good. But yeah, other than that, the only major release between now and April 1st is Uncharted. And then, well, I know one that you might be a little excited about on March 4th. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Do we want to save that one a minute? Let's save that till yep. we're done talking about Spider-Man. We can do that. Because yeah, that's, that's, that's the one we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's not the one I'm talking about. But yes, oh. that one's even better. I'm even oh, more I, excited about that. I know what you're talking about, but that got pushed earlier in the year. That got pushed to uh, May, I believe. Did it? Yeah, Strange. Yeah. Yeah, it got pushed to May. Oh, okay. Well, I'm way more excited for March 4th. Yeah, like March 4th is Matt Reeves, excited. the Batman. May 6th is uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Which which one do I want to talk about first? Let's just talk about the Batman, because that yeah. new trailer uh, is just really cool. It is really cool. Um, seeing it on the big screen kind of made a difference to me a little bit on that, too. Yeah. Uh, Steph was with me, and she had not seen it. And, and I think she even was like, is it another Batman movie? I'm like, yeah, but watch it. It's yeah. not like the other Batman yeah, movies. This is like watching Seven. Yeah, this is a little bit darker. And, you know, I think that might turn off somebody like her. Yeah, but a bunch of Batman fans, which, let's be real, Warner Brothers knows what they're doing. And so another Batman film, but this time a little darker, a little edgier. And people are like, well, how can you do that? Nolan's Batman was already dark. Not really. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Maybe a little, but... I mean, according to Bane, he was uh, merely adopted the darkness. Right. This Batman was born in it. this one was born in it. The latest trailer, which has been dubbed the Bat and the Cat trailer, Mm -hmm. because you get to see this Batman interact more with this Catwoman. Yes. And let me tell you, Zoe Kravitz... Zoe Kravitz is is awesome. killing it. She is so good. She is great in this trailer. Kind of felt a little bit like uh, Tom King's. The Bat and the Cat, mm-hmm. kind of their banter in his run on Batman and also in Batman Catwoman under DC's Black Label. Yeah. Right now, like, you, you get that kind of banter from them. Right. And and that's good. I, I'd like to see if they can incorporate that into something this dark without making it look stupid. Oh, no. I think this is going to do really well. This also does really well because I really like those, like, hard-boiled detective kind of murder mysteries. Like, The Bone Collector is a really right. good example. Right. Something like a crime drama. Mm-hmm. Something, a really good, like, mystery, we're going to catch this serial killer thriller kind of stuff. Right. Like Seven. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, let's do that with the Batman story. And it looks really cool. My only complaint, only complaint, is that a lot of these characters have costumes and makeup so good that you can't recognize the actor. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Penguin is in this, You have no idea that's Colin Farrell. No, you have no idea. And even the bat suit should look so stupid, but it doesn't. It looks really cool. No, it looks it looks good. And Robert Pattinson really even makes the guy liner look cool. <laughs> 
Like, because there's a scene where he pulls off his mask, and instead of, like, it being the big joke in all of the other Batman movies where you never see Batman with eye makeup. Right. This one, they just let him rock it. Oh, it's yeah. It's almost like war paint. It's it, so cool. It almost looks like the paint that you see football players put around their eyes yeah. before they play and stuff like that. Um, Andy Serkis looks great. As Alfred. As Alfred. So good. Um, Jeffrey Wright as the commissioner. I wasn't sure about that, aside oh. from the fact that I think Jeffrey Wright's just like he's, he's a top tier actor in I've every. Been, I haven't loved him in James Bond. Oh yeah, he's he's great. But when you when you see him as the commissioner, it's like, yep, uh, all right, I'm in on that. It's kind of just when he starts talking. Yeah, because in the original trailer, he's the one reading the the riddle to Batman. Right, and you're just like, ooh, and then you see him in the trench coat with the glasses and the tie, and you're like, oh, he's commit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, that, that movie, obviously, I'm very excited for it. Uh, but we, we, I digress. We could go on and on. Yes, we could. Let's talk about the big movie. Let's the do The one it. that uh, the previous episode, we said no spoilers or get a chance to meet Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, we're, what, three and a half weeks out? We're far enough out now that if you haven't seen the movie, now's the time to fast forward. You can look in the show notes for the next segment. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. You but will see it. We're going to have some spoilers here right about meow. Right about meow. <laughs> Hang on, we'll give you a minute. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you're still here, you're ready for these. Yep, for sure. And for sure. Uh, by the way, let me just start with, I expected a lot from Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. I really did. Um I wasn't blown out of my seat surprised by what I got because I had been led to believe it was coming. Right. But still getting it was this huge win. Yes. Huge win. Yes. So, you know, leading up to it, obviously, everybody knows the rumors and stuff like that. Oh, there's going to be three Spider-Men, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, that all came true. It did. And But even when it did, you were still just like, like you're like giddy and excited when you see the portals open and you're just like, yes. Oh yeah. Like you couldn't help but get excited. Like I couldn't help but get excited when I saw it. Um, you know, I was expecting this movie to be, you know, I, for whatever reason, I always split the MCU into thirds and I expected it well, to be probably a top third. Like three phases. Right. So yeah. Um, but well, this we're working was, on four now. Yeah. I figured it'd be a top third. No, it's like a top two or three movie. Yeah. After seeing the movie, I slid it into my top two. Yeah. Obviously, nothing in the MCU beats Endgame. There's just no way. It was 10 years come to fruition and the best payoff I think I've ever experienced in a movie theater. Okay. And then all of a sudden, Spider-Man No Way Home came out, and I was like, I realize now... Who made me cry during Endgame? Right. Right. Because they did it again in No Way Home. Right. And I was just blown away. I was like, guys, guys, guys. Tom Holland is an incredible Oscar-level actor. Oh, he's That dude has moved me to tears twice in a movie theater. Yes. And I didn't even realize it was because of him till the second time he did. Playing freaking Spider-Man. I, exactly, I mean, you know, Spider-Man of all characters. But for for me, I've got I've got Spider-Man in my top two. Uh, I've got it tied with Infinity War. Um, oh, really? Yes. So Endgame I, for me wins. So Endgame is is a very 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 close third to me. Um, I love Endgame a great deal, but I think Infinity War was the better movie. I think Thor Ragnarok was better than all of them. Ooh, that's just my opinion. Oh, uh, you know. 
But I, I mean, uh, we we could debate that. That's fine. Yeah, but that's we don't have time for that. It's okay. I will but, say that Ragnarok was a really good movie. Yes. Um. But Spider Man watching it and and just watch it, like every detail during that movie, everything that I started thinking about in that movie is like God. This is just so well put together. Like I look at I look at Electro and. You know, they already did Electro once. So it's like, okay, Electro, who cares? Whatever. I loved him. Oh, absolutely. He, Jamie Foxx did so good in in that, you know, that whole idea. I forgot how nerdy he was when he first showed up. I did too. And he comes up, man, I got a like new body. New I like this energy. This is good. Like, he's got a good motivation for not wanting to go back. And oh, yeah. wanting to give up what he's got. And they also had a really good thing to connect him to the MCU. Yeah. That never occurred to me before. But yeah, Electro would love to get his hands on the arc reactor. Oh, yeah. And it didn't even occur to me until all of a sudden they're like, hey, Electro likes the arc reactor. And this huge light bulb went off over my head. I was like, of course he does. Well, and it, it's so far past the Tony Stark era. Right. That they didn't even have to put that in there, but it was brilliant that it was there. Oh, but they also went ahead and planted seeds to Armor Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, definitely. Which was so good because they're happy you might want to get Laura. There's a lot of missing Stark tech. Boom. Yeah. Whole plot for Armor Wars right there. And we know that's coming to Disney Plus. Yes. Which Matt Murdock showing up. Okay. Matt Murdock showing up was probably, I had no idea why, <laughs> but I started watching Daredevil season three uh-huh. over before it happened. And I was just like, I just need to watch this again because it was so good. So I had. Forgotten one, how good season three of Daredevil was on Netflix, and two had refallen in love with Matt Murdock. Oh yeah, well, I, you might smack me when you hear this, but I actually never watched Daredevil. Oh, you should! It's I know so I good. should, and, especially and season I, two. You meet Punisher. Oh man! Well, I'm going to go back and watch it because I, I kind of kicked myself the first time I saw it because when he showed up, I knew who he was, mm. and everybody else knew who he was. Stephanie's over there like, who the hell is that? Who's that guy? Like, that's Daredevil. She's like, okay. And, and she has a general mild comic knowledge because she's been with me for 15 years. But It's, it's the brick scene, though, that she was probably like, <laughs> okay, he's cool, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, he's real cool. Yeah, that brick, was that was hilarious. How like, did you, you catch that? that? I'm a really I'm a good lawyer. really good lawyer. Which is funny because he just told Happy, Happy, you're going to need a really good lawyer. <laughs> And then he says that, which is either he's volunteering to be Happy's lawyer or he's, you're going to need a really good lawyer, but I don't like you and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, it could go either way. Yeah, and That was really sure. smart writing right there. Yeah, that, that was whole really scene clever. was great. That was really clever. Um, and the movie is full of really clever things and really yes. good callbacks. Like, yes. There's a scene where Peter's by a newsstand and on the cover of People is Liz Allen. Yes. And she's like, he lied to me. And I'm like, whoa, Vulture's daughter, why you got to be like that? Yeah, no kidding. But then the question then becomes, is she talking about Peter? Is she talking about her dad? Right. But if it's on the magazine at that time, it's got to be Peter. It's got to be Peter. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you talk about the other villains. Obviously, Alfred Molina, Doc, Doc Ock. Steals it, but he's not. he's not my favorite. No, he's what I was hoping he would be in the show, though. Like in I'll the give movie, you that. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. I was hoping he would be. I was hoping that he wasn't just going to come out and be pure evil. Mm-hmm. And I loved that that wasn't the case. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, I know who your favorite was, and we'll get to that in a second. I do want to make a comment. I do feel like Sandman and Lizard 
who... I feel like Lizard kind of got shafted. Lizard basically wasn't there, and I was bummed out about that because Lizard is the arguably one of the more... You know, if he's not the most complex, maybe the second most complex. He's fascinating. He's very interesting, and when he talks, you listen. Yeah, and which is why when he started talking in the movie, <laughs> I almost like shook my popcorn because I was like, they're going to let him talk? Well, they even said it in the movie. They was like, wait, that guy can talk? The lizard speaks? Yeah, which that was funny in its own right, but he's another one that's got very solid motivations. I almost forgot that his motivation was to evolve the rest of New York. Yeah. No, that's not good. Sandman got more exposure, more time. Mm-hmm. Love that Thomas Hayden Church came back. Love See, that. I was nervous about that, actually, for a long time because he's been CGI. Yeah. The whole time I was like, did they get somebody that sounds like him? And then at the end, you see him. The same thing with Lizard, Jonathan Rice. I believe so, yeah. I, I don't um, remember exactly. When they all transform back into normal people, it's really yes. cool. It's really cool to see Peter, his motivation, instead of just throwing them back into their universes and getting rid of his problem. It's like, wait, we can fix these guys. Right. And how quickly, with just a little Parker know-how and a little Stark tech, they were able to actually accomplish it, especially with help from the other Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. I thought was really good and pivotal because it shows that even though all those characters die fighting those Spider-Men, it's not that those Peter 2 and Peter 3 didn't <laughs> want to save these characters. It's just that they never got the chance to because they always died kind of tragically. Right. And they had a little bit of know-how of how to negate the goblin formula or how to reverse the evolution on Lizard or Electro. There's no fixing that, right? Exactly. That was tough. But they figured it out in this movie with the arc reactor kind of stuff. Yeah, with the technology they have in the MCU. So it was was just good that they showed that these Spider-Men could also do that with just a little more tech. Yeah, it showed that they were almost there already. Because Andrew Garfield, you know, he said... Well, I can I can do a serum for you know for Doctor Connors. I've already done it once already. Right. You know. So so he kind of knew. And then Toby said the same thing about um, Goblin. About him. Goblin. He said, "I I think I can I think I can do something for Osborne." You know. So they they were already pretty well there, and they got to show you know going back to Lizard a little bit. They got to show the evolution of the character a little bit. A little bit. Because you know MCU Peter got his motivation to want to do the wrong thing and still was able to come out doing the right thing. Right. To a degree. So my favorite character is obviously Green Goblin. Obviously. Willem Dafoe did what I wanted him to do in the first movie. Yes. Like he went full blown, take the mask off. Him taking the mask off. How did that make him more? Made him more of a freaking goblin. Because Willem Dafoe is terrifying. I don't care what anyone (laughs) says. That man scares me. He just, the first time you see him with that hood on and and everything, and he's standing there with that look on his face, is like, oh, dude, I'm freaking terrified of you. Which was the coolest thing that they could have done was, one, take his mask off, and two, let him still wear the green suit, but have a tattered purple hoodie all over it. Right. And that just, like, nailed the goblin-esque look. Oh, yeah. I mean, nailed it. You got exactly visually and and conceptually, it was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, in this movie because he was the the driving force behind all the bad stuff that happened. And there's that a lot him. of bad stuff. Yes, which I don't know why I was blindsided to it because Jedi John called it. Oh, he called it a hundred percent. But with I, May dying, when when May died, I was really mad. And then when Goblin and MCU Spider-Man, when they start fighting, the one thing I immediately noticed was how much stronger they were. Yes. 
because they're now throwing each other through whole like marble walls and beating each other through entire floors of high-end condominium. Like, yeah, when they were on that balcony and Peter shot the webs and then pulled himself against the webs and put him through the two balconies. Yeah, they Damn, have dude. really upped their strength in this one. Yes. Not just Peter, who you assume is really strong because he was almost strong enough to give Thanos pause when he was trying to pull the gauntlet off him. Right. I mean, obviously, Thanos was way stronger, but but then to see Green Goblin kind of level up like that and be able yeah. to fight at that capacity was just insane. I think that's what it needed to be a yeah. little bit because the movies keep leveling up. Well, yeah. it also leveled up the viciousness of the fight. Like, it got brutal. Oh, yeah. The level of just hatred there, like, you can feel it, which, again, Willem Dafoe, powerful actor. Yes. Right. So when he goes for it, you believe it. And not to say Tobey Maguire's not a good actor or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. But Tom Holland. Yeah. You felt it and you matched it. And you were just like, oh, my God. Yeah. He might kill him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that, that level of loss and that hatred was very palpable. It yeah. was there. I felt more impacted watching that than Spider-Man, the original one with Tobey. And I, yeah. I love Tobey as Spider-Man. He was a great Spider-Man, but uh, I definitely felt it a lot more in this movie. Yes. Well, and also, I mean, let, let's talk about Let's talk about the one scene that was the first part to almost, Dumb's lost it, but when the other Spider-Men are there uh-huh. and they do the with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. which I thought this movie was really smart at inverting that and having Aunt May say that to Peter. Right. Right, which is really cool. And then when all of the Spider-Men kind of say it and share that experience. Yeah. Dude, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. One, I cheered, right? So the whole audience. Oh, of course. When they said the line. Oh, of course. And then everybody else was just, like, really sad. And, Mm -hmm. again, it's because, well, and Andrew Garfield really, I mean, he's really good, too. I think you and I were talking, I think I said he was comeback player of the year. Oh, for sure. For his performance in that movie. For sure. So good. They just, like, sell that connection. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, you could see, like, that pain in his eyes, mm-hmm. right? The, the scene where they're in the lab creating antidotes. Yeah. And he sees, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man and MJ. Yeah. And, like, you can just see that pain there. But he's still funny because in the next beat, he's asking, you know, Spider-Man 3, like, <laughs> are you going to stay dressed as a cool pastor? Are you going right. to sue up for battle? Effectively, that was hilarious. Oh, that was hysterical. I loved that. I love that when Tobey Maguire came through, he came through like that because... Just in normal clothes. He would yeah. clearly, of the three, he would clearly at that point be the oldest Spider-Man. For sure. And the most established and whatnot. So, you know... I don't really walk around advertising I'm Spider-Man. Right? <laughs> but it's completely realistic that that dude could have been chilling on his couch. Right? <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, know, he's like... like He's like, sorry, I was I was just watching Hulu. What's, what's yeah, no, are we are we fighting what, someone? What are we doing? I was watching Hawkeye. What do I do now? Yeah, but uh, you know, so I liked that they brought him in like that, and it wasn't just three dudes in Spider Man suits because that would have you know that could have borderline on cheesy a little bit. Oh, this um, just felt like so like emotional, right? And and you know, you hear the the conversation between all three of them, but more so between Andrew and Toby when they yes. were talking about yeah. you know the, the back cracking thing was really funny to me, brought up a point. They're both older, more established Spider-Men. There's obviously going to be physical tolls. But more importantly, when they're talking about, like, you know, how, how'd your life end up? Oh, and, yeah. You know, that's 
that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a heavy part. You know, you get a little bit of mini closure, I guess you could say with, with Toby, because it's like, yeah, me and me and MJ figured out a way to make it work. Right. And you know, that's, that's kind of, Oh, that's cool. And then, you know, Andrew was like, well, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of time for guys like me, I guess. And, you know, you could tell that it was like really, really weighing on him. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Which was great. Which then again, the scene where he's the one to catch this MJ. Right. Was, I mean, when that dawned on me a couple of weeks prior and like I called it, I was like, why would they not? If that Spider-Man's in this movie and you clearly see MJ and Ned both falling at the same time off the Statue of Liberty in the trailer. Why would they not let Andrew Garfield Spider-Man catch MJ? Exactly. And he totally does. And you can tell he has 100% learned because he doesn't catch her via web. And even when he physically catches her, he turns to slow the momentum before like stopping them with a web. Yeah. And he also gets underneath her. Yes. Yeah. Like it is very clear that he's really learned from that, which I mean, horrible lesson to have to learn. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was when we saw it opening night. That was the point where you heard lots of audible gasping in the theater. And the fact that when he stands up, he doesn't ask her if she's okay. She asks him, Are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, Girl, you don't even know what he's going through <laughs> not right now. At all. You don't even know what I'm going through right now. Right. I'm yeah, not no crying. Kidding. You're crying. <laughs> no, it's me. What did you think of how they wrapped everything up? I liked it because okay. you get that the spell initially works which makes everything that dr strange was there to do relevant yes and it mattered i enjoy everyone forgetting who peter parker is because now that means that this spider-man is falling away from that that trope of tony stark jr yes that a lot of people were had either enjoyed or hated kind of depending where you fell on the the fan spectrum of that Mm -hmm. but this spider-man is now much more closely related to the spider-man we all know and love from the comics He's still really smart, and he always has been, but now he has nothing. He doesn't even have his high school diploma. Yeah, you see the GED manual at the end yeah, and he's in just, his box. He's just trying to, to move into an apartment and get his life together, or started. Like, he has no idea what to do now. But this is also, like, a Spider-Man that has really grown up. You know, in the yeah. beginning of the movie, he's still pretty selfish, and he's like, well, can't you just make everyone forget? And at the end of the movie, he's a big enough man to not make anyone remember, right. including his best friend Ned and MJ. He's not afraid to sacrifice on his own. Yeah. Now, there's a there's a pretty significant, you know, MacGuffin there. It wouldn't be hard to undo that with it, it Ned would, and MJ. It would not. You know, I actually, I saw a meme on uh, Instagram the other day that I thought was pretty funny. I saw it today. I that know what you're going to talk about. He goes into the coffee shop. Hi, I'm, I'm Peter Parker. She's like, you're the guy with all the naked pictures on my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, got a, I got a real chuckle out of that. I, I agree with you. I liked the maturity. I liked the way that the maturity developed. Um I love one thing I loved about this movie that I was a little worried about is it wasn't the Doctor Strange show. That's right. And I was a little worried about that too. I was a little worried about that because I and this also helped quell one of my worries about Doctor Strange because I thought it was going to be the next Avengers movie. I don't feel like that's the case anymore. You know, which, um, which is good because I, I, I really wanted completely. a standalone Spider Man film. Yes, I did too. I and, ended up with a gangbang of Spider Man, but that's. Not what I'm I'll worried take about. it. That's okay. That's what you call getting more than you bargained for in the right way. Yes. 
But having having Strange pro- prevalent in the beginning, disappears for a while, comes back in the end, and is still an integral part without taking over the story, I really liked that. I really liked how you saw a little bit of heart from Strange. Just enough. Just enough. But you still get your typical like snarky strange, you still which get I love. The, yeah, you still get the the arrogance and the you, I you, can't believe I'm in the Sanctum Santorum. Yeah, yeah me either. either. <laughs> you can go to the Undercroft. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? Was that really cool? It's the basement. Yeah. It's a laundry room. But I I really liked how much strange was used and how little he was used. Yeah, um, he was like you know what he was? You know, strange was a fine spice. Yes. He was just enough. Yes. And he was brought back when you needed him to at the end to kind of wrap everything together. Yep. Right? I also really liked Strange points out something that I had never thought of until I watched this movie. Okay. When Peter walks into the sanctum, he goes, wait, are, who's in charge here? Wong. Yeah. Wong. He, on a technicality, he's the Sorcerer Supreme. And then that just makes sense because you've seen Wong so much lately. Yeah. You know, especially over in Shang-Chi, and I forgot where else we saw him. He popped up. But Wong has a very visible presence in the MCU, and I just thought it was because that's a great actor, and the character's fun. Right, but he's having his day for a reason. Yeah, and because I love he's that. technically the Sorcerer Supreme because Doctor Strange was blipped. Yeah. He was gone for five years. Yeah. So, of course, Wong would be the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I, I thought that was brilliant, the way that they explained that. I also thought it was even better that they maintained... That he was still the Sorcerer Supreme. Yes. He didn't give it up or have to Just give it up. Oh, strange sorry. Here's your keys back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was like, here you oh, go. you're back. Overall, I mean, we could talk about the things we love from No Way Home for a long time, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm going to tell you things I don't like. Okay, let's have it. All right. The mid credit scene with Venom. Okay. I don't need that. I do not need Tom Hardy's Venom in this universe. I don't need that to go on anymore. The Tom Hardy Venom movies... I just, I can't get They're behind. not good. They're not They're good. They're not good. I agree with you. Um, I think the only real purpose of that post-credit scene, or mid-credit scene, I should say, is just to show that the symbiote was still on the bar. Yes. Which, that is fascinating to me. That interests me about as much as the fact that Spider-Man 3 never mentioned his Venom. Right. Right? He could have. Could have. He mentioned the alien he fought once. Yes. Right, because obviously... Tom Holland's like, I mean, I fought this purple alien in space. And they're like, oh, what? He's like, I fought an alien once. Yeah, I fought an alien made gross. out of goo. Yeah. yeah. Was, and so that was interesting. Existential crisis. Yeah. I want to fight an alien. <laughs> you guys fought an alien? Um, which, that was fun. Like, all of their banter and comparisons were great. Especially so when they, they asked if the webbing came out of anywhere else. Which <laughs> was just inspired. But still, I'm not excited to see that Venom brought into the Marvel Universe proper. I'm just, I'm not excited about the character. I'm hopeful that it's not. Yeah, I hope that that little piece just got left behind and they can MCU that piece. Yeah, I'm hoping they can take that piece and give that piece to someone else. Yeah. And that that will do it. I love Tom Hardy. Without a doubt, I love Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy as Venom is not my favorite. No, and I also, I don't like the approach that they took to Venom and Eddie. It's like this weird bromance. Right. It's almost like Ted. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, you know, Ted was almost, you know, as funny as Ted was, it was almost too weird for my taste. And and Eddie and and the Venom symbiote are, are very much like that. All of the scenes that I enjoy in Venom 
are like I said, I feel like it's a sketch comedy. Like the yes. the scene that they had in the preview of the first one where Venom's making breakfast and just trashing the place and lighting it on fire. I think it's hilarious. I don't want a movie of that. Yeah, and that's what you get. Right. And I did not want to see Venom in the club. <laughs> right. I don't know no, why. No, I was just like that. of all the stuff I watched and you know, comic books are just so off the wall and out there and Ideas are crazy, and of course, it's all made-up stuff, and none of it's real. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this alien from space in the club just really gave me all this pause. I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm good here. Yeah. Which is weird, because if you saw Paul, the movie mm-hmm. Paul with Seth Rogen as the alien, mm-hmm. you're like, no, this alien in the club would be cool. <laughs> but Venom in the club, I just did not dig. No, no. I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't. So I was not excited about that. Everything else in the movie, I was pretty excited for. I thought we would get a tiny hint of some of the other defenders, though. And I'm not even looking for anything huge here. Like, I thought Daredevil was way more than I ever had hoped for. Because mm-hmm. it was just so cool and the, the scene was done so well. And I know Fist just popped up in Hawkeye mowing our lawn a little bit uh, for the TV segment. But I was just so excited. And then I saw that and I was like, yeah, I'm not excited. But then it was totally redeemed, the whole thing, because they gave us the full trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Yes. And that had a huge payoff for anyone who watched the Disney What If. Oh, my God. Yeah, when when you see... When oh. you see that version of Strange <laughs> pop up with the ridiculous goatee, that Fu Manchu thing. That absurd that's goatee, just, that, that ridiculous grin on his face. Yeah, and the high eyebrows. Oh, man. That whole show really mattered. Yes. Which gives me a ton, a ton, like, I'm really excited because it means that vision could come back. Oh, yeah. The ult. I'm sorry, that Ultron could come back. Oh, yeah, back. that Ultron could come back. No, it was funny because when we saw when we saw Spider-Man, I refused to get up. Oh, I absolutely. Said, I'm, I'm not, not getting up until the lights come on and and, and the, the cleanup crew shows up. I'm not getting up. And Steph looked at me. She's like, you already saw the post-credits. It's over. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's Sit not. your butt down. You saw the mid-credits. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> real fans are different from casual fans. Right, right. What's a mid-credit and a post-credit? Okay. I mean, yeah. it's in the name. The, but pe- the people that go on opening night are not getting up until the lights come on. And even then, they're waiting. Yeah, they all know? have extended bladders because oh, they're not. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but when when that preview came through and I saw it, I was thinking the same thing. And and like I'd mentioned earlier, I was worried Spider-Man would be a Doctor Strange movie, and it wasn't. I was worried Doctor Strange was going to be an Avengers movie, and it's clearly not going to be. Even with Scarlet Witch in it. Even with Scarlet Witch in it. Like, it, there might not be any other, you know, any other main core Avengers characters show up in this movie. Maybe one or two. I know I saw America Chavez in it. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? That's pretty interesting. You know, that that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, but the the imagery and everything that you saw, like I'm watching it, and my eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger the whole time. And we got done watching it, then then I looked at Steph, she's like, Where did all that come from? I said, That came from what if? You know, that show you didn't want to watch because yeah, it was a cartoon. That cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I just couldn't get into it. I'm like, maybe you should have tried. You know what? <laughs> I know we just got a whole bunch of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Right? But that's one of the Spider-Man I want back. The What If Zombie episode. Oh, yeah. I want that Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And they could do it. Oh, easily. They could do it. Because that's still Tom Holland's voice. And so Thor Love and Thunder is coming out at the end of this year. <sighs> they could easily put only child Thor in this movie. Oh, my God. Which would be just hysterically funny. I'm, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'm not 
going to even try and hide it. I am beyond stoked to see Jack Natalie Portman. Oh, it might, yeah. It might change some things for me at my house, um, <laughs> but I cannot wait. Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the shots of Valkyrie, King Valkyrie in the new armor? No. Yeah, you're going to want to look those up. Okay, right now? Yeah. Because Valkyrie is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go I'm, ahead and show me that. I'm and, working on it. Okay, while well, you look that up. Go so for the, it. The Multiverse of Madness trail, you get to see the one thing that we've all known is coming since mm-hmm. the end of WandaVision, and that's Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness, which yes. is so great because you see her, and she's like checking out some trees or something really nice, and uh, Doctor Strange finds her, and she's like, I figured you'd show up. Shut it. Wow, King Valkyrie's looking so good. That's Nessa yeah. Thompson, right? Yeah, it's Tessa Thompson, yeah. Oh, Tessa, my bad, my yeah. bad. That's man, all right. She'll look at you. those shoulders. Those, uh, man, <laughs> I would kneel for that king. Uh, all right, yeah. So yeah. anyway. Absolutely. Man, that's this is going to be a good movie. Man, I'm, not, I'm all flabbergasted now. But anyway, so <laughs> Strange finds Scarlet Witch. Yes. And she's pretty intrigued. She's like, I figured you'd show up. Right. And then try like she starts to like explain and he just he's simply like, shuts no, her down. He's no, like, no. Yeah, I'm not here for that. But I saw this meme that just had me cracking up really hard because she's like, I mean, I lost control a little bit. He's like, But that's not why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, let's not sugarcoat that that was yeah. really messed up. Yeah, you did some crazy, crazy stuff. But also just think about how useful a character who can will things into reality and out of reality right could be to somebody who's now battling yeah the most dangerous form of himself from all reality she's the mutant embodiment of the reality stone yeah i mean it's you know, really my it. voice cracked but that's a mutant <laughs> embodiment she's the scarlet witch yeah and i'm i'm gonna say mutant embodiment because i believe that we're probably going to see our first mutant in this movie uh i'm gonna go ahead and let you hang on to that Okay. The like I they want to do it, it's clear. Yeah. Actually, yeah. this would be the move to do it. This would be the movie because, to put like Charles Xavier in. Yeah. Not for long, just for a couple minutes. Well, think about it. Something. Because the Scarlet Witch, especially at the end of WandaVision, essentially does everything that they kept trying to get the Dark Phoenix to do right. in X3 or X-Men Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That's that Wanda. Was so bad. I didn't yeah. I I started and stopped. It was, uh, and I love those actors. I love James McAvoy, and I mean, don't even get me started on Michael Fassbender and Sophie Turner, and and, and so much talent wasted. Well, just think of X Men Apocalypse. So I liked that movie. Now I hate that movie. I liked that movie, but Oscar Isaac, by the way, is oh, he's incredible. I could watch him in Dune all day. Oh yeah, Oscar Isaac's an incredibly talented actor. Yeah, but he still couldn't make Apocalypse look cool. No, I'm sorry, he couldn't. He was too short to be Apocalypse. Like I, I felt like I, yeah, Apocalypse I, needs to be a towering mutant. I, yeah, I don't think I and don't. They think had it was scenes where fault. he was huge, right? But you know whose fault it is? It was Brian Singer's fault. Well, yeah, yeah, Brian Singer sucks. I mean, he, the Usual Suspects was great. We'll go with that. The first X Men was cool. The second X Men was even better. The second X Men was. For the longest time, my favorite comic book movie. Oh, I mean, up well until, deserved too. Yeah, up until probably Ragnarok. Honestly, like man, those Nightcrawler scenes. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do it better if I tried. No, but the you're right. 
I mean, it was really good, and the Brian Singer seems to have fallen off. Like, Superman Returns was garbage. I don't know who wrote that. <laughs> Jesus, man. Well, he came, yeah, he came back and did, you know, a few of those. Well, he did X-Men, X-Men Apocalypse. Didn't, didn't he do Dark Phoenix also? Oh, uh, I don't think so. It doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about that movie. <clears throat> but anyway, so Scarlet Witch is that level of power. Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, so I can see them bridge that gap now. Yeah. So you're right. And because Disney owns Fox, they have all the rights to the X-Men movies. Yeah, and, and, and you've got to figure, Disney, Marvel Studios has not, if they're anything, they're not wasteful. Oh, they've, no. They've always done something to tie something to something else. Obviously, because I thought What If was just a total like one-shot show, and I am I clearly too. wrong on all fronts. We are certainly wrong. That yeah. If there's a Marvel Studios banner on it, which there is on all the Disney Plus shows, yeah. it matters to all of the MCU. And there is a Marvel Studios banner on a show coming out next year called X-Men 97. Which, exactly. Which leads me to believe that they're going to build something. Even if they don't, they might not come out with an X-Men movie for another three or four years. They'll start introducing. Who do you think the first mutant is? It's coming. It's obviously coming. I think it's Charles. Charles would be a good one. I would like it to be Charles. I would also like it to... Like, you know, if you you got perfect world scenarios, you know, some of my perfect world scenarios kind of... You know, you'd be like, who, what? Um, I want to see, I'd like to see Charles and Doctor Strange. If it doesn't happen, I won't be sad, but I think it's a good place to put them. Uh, I think you're missing a part, you're missing something if you don't put Rogue in the Marvels. Agreed. Um, I think you're missing something big. That's a a really good call. And I think you have to put Dazzler in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm. I think it fits. It might be a small reach. Dazzler but I think is it that fits. character. Dazzler could fit. Dazzler would be the one. Do you imagine? Just think for just a hot second. Imagine Rocket Raccoon commenting on Dazzler's powers. Oh, I, I yeah, right. Because yeah, you got that. You got that rocket look. I'm seeing it in my face. Yeah, like so. Like man, you just do lights and stuff. Or check out the lights and stuff on that one. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Ah, uh, cool. Let me know when the fireworks are over so we can actually fight something. <laughs> I am Groot. That's exactly yeah, how it's gonna go. Yes, absolutely. I wasn't talking about that, Groot. I am Groot. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet she'd look great on a pair of roller skates, but that's not the point. <laughs> I could, I could yeah. see that getting worked in, especially in a James Gunn film. Right. It sounds stupid at first, but I they, saw the look on they your would face, do it. But the more you think it, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, that actually kind of works. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It could work. Here's what I hope they don't do. I hope they don't shove Wolverine in somewhere. I hope so too. I would. What would make me happy as a clam is if when they. I, I would love if they went the route with Wolverine, and we've talked about this before, where Wolverine is X twenty three, and they can introduce Old Man Logan if they want. I would be so down with them just moving forward with X twenty three. And with Laura Kinney. Yeah, I think that would be a great move. Uh, I think that would, number one, it would check the, you know, it, it would check one of the boxes that I know that the Avengers got hit for quote-unquote whitewashing and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, this would be something that could check a diversity box while still being very relevant and very good. And also still letting everybody just resonate. Yeah. With Hugh Jackman retiring from Wolverine. And you could also even have Hugh Jackman show up once or twice as Old Man Logan. If eh. you wanted to. But you don't have to. 
because the story tells itself without him. The only thing I'm really super interested in at this point is where do they fold Deadpool? Because you know you get another Deadpool movie. It makes too much money not to do it. Oh, yeah. Right? Not that Ryan Reynolds is broke by any stretch of the imagination. It's not about Ryan Reynolds. It's about the House of Mouse making more money. Oh, you put your red and black mask on. You get out there and you cuss. You should wear the red pants. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbass. But yeah, they're, uh, they're going to do another Deadpool movie. I'm very curious as to how that's going to fold into everything else. Yeah. I don't know how it would. It happens mm-hmm. because it can't not happen. I could even see Deadpool 3 being bad on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, you know how you, like, you had Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3 was just like, oh, my God. And then you had the next, like, X3. Everyone was like, X3 oh, my was God. Bad. Dark Phoenix was bad. I could well, see, I could see the movie starting, and you just see, like, three bullet casings laying there. And the third one falls over sideways. And you're like, yep. Typically, the third ones go sideways. Uh, <laughs> except for these this last Spider-Man movie. You're welcome. Like yeah. just taking credit and then be like, so we're gonna make this one uh, true to form, and it's there's gonna be too many villains. We're gonna shoehorn a lot of stuff in, like in very Ryan Reynolds like fashion. What if they throw him in the Guardians Holiday Special? Oh my god, that would be great. Yeah, I I can see that happening. Am I supposed to be here? Yeah, he'll just show up. We're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm in the wrong studio. Sorry, guys. <laughs> or he's in the multiverse of madness. He's walking around killing all the other versions of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Right, like, can't you just see right. that happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that, and I just, uh, I just don't know. I'm very curious to see how that goes. But. What I'm actually really interested in is something that we hardly seem to talk about, even though we should be super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four was announced for End of Phase Four. Yes, and obviously, you know, if they don't pick John Krasinski, I'm going to be really mad. It'd be stupid if they didn't, but maybe he's busy. But can you imagine, like, Jim Halpert being like, oh, well, I mean, this is the theory of relativity and how it applies to this paradoxical cosmic event that's going on right now in this gas cloud. Oh, my God, I've got powers. My dick's huge. I'm, wait. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Sue, you're going to love me. Get in here. Look at this. <laughs> Sue, come here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they've got it. They've got it opened up to a point where he can show up. Uh, Reed Richards can show up, whether it's John Krasinski or whoever it ends up being. Well, I mean, what's what's a perfect point that everybody keeps making? Avengers Tower is now vacant. Yeah. I think I actually mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, keep mentioning it. could it. be the Baxter building or Dr. Doom might have bought it. Well, okay. You know. That's the thing about the Fantastic Four I'm most concerned about. Mm-hmm. I need a good Doom. I need a really good Doom. I think yes. we called it. I think we called the Doom that we wanted. But actually, at this point, I'm willing to use another actor as Doom. All right, the Doom I want is Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, that would be. I want wonderful. Moff Gideon. That's who I want as Doom. Yeah, the villain from Far Cry Six. Because to be. he doesn't even have to talk. You can look at him, and you would immediately assume he was hyper intelligent. There's not anything he won't do to win. Right. And he's even the type of guy that you could spin out of interactions with Doctor Strange. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's Doom. Doom yeah. tricked the devil into rescuing his mother's soul. Like, he's right. a powerful sorcerer. Yeah, if we can't have Jeffrey Wright, we need to have Giancarlo Esposito. Right. I mean, that's, now, that's it. Here's my caveat to that. There's one other actor that I would happily take. Okay. Michael Fassenbender. Yes. 
I yes, will take X Men First Class as Magneto mm-hmm. as Doom mm-hmm. because again, that is a man who can just look up at the camera and you instantly go, okay, he's really smart and intelligent, and there's not much he won't do to win. Right. Yeah. He's got that look on his face. Mm-hmm. So, and that's before you even scar him. Right. So, who's your dream casting for Magneto? <sighs> you know, the older I get, the more gray I get, the more I say me. Uh, I get that's, that. That's probably not the case. The, the reason I'm asking is because I there was a somebody on Twitter put up a dream casting for Magneto as um, Jason Isaacs. He is an extraordinary actor. Jason Isaacs. Yeah, he he's he was Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter, and he he's just like he's extraordinary. Like the the way that the way that he moves and everything. I think he would be a good Magneto. I hadn't really thought beyond Michael Fassbender or Ian McKellen, who is obviously not available at 80-something years old to play the Master of Magnetism. Let him do it. I don't care. I you know what, though? Yeah. There's also, I mean, there's a ton of really good actors and stuff out there now. It's true. That um, I'm sure they could easily find somebody to do it. Like, if you could, if you were going to do a young Magneto, mm-hmm. uh, Timothy Chalamet. He would be great. Would be really good because he has like that, that angular face, that strong kind of, and he has that quiet intensity. Yeah, but you know the look he's got though. He looks like Iceman to me, or Cyclops, one of the two. I don't want him as either. Yeah, I think you know he if they play just a threw better role if they threw others. blue paint on him, I'm like, what's up, Kurt? <laughs> Kurt yeah. Wagner. Yeah, what's yeah. going on, Nightcrawler? Yeah, he'd be really good at, it, but he he'd have to do like the tortured like Catholic like like the traditional irish catholic guilt yes even though you know nightcrawler's germany is not irish but like that catholic guilt that mm-hmm. he clearly has yes. i think that'd be a fun way if they're like hey timothy you know nightcrawler does this and he'd be like say less fam okay. i got you okay here we go <laughs> Skirt. yeah okay <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't either i'm sure that the people in charge of that kind of thing will do a fantastic job yeah i have not had any issues with any of the Marvel Studios casting no, to date. No, no, they've been very, very good. Actually, I only at one. I like Don Cheadle, but I still don't know that he's Rhodey to me. Okay. He's the only one when he walks in the room. Still, so like, yeah, I don't know. Eh. Although rewatching Endgame, his scenes where he's there with um, Nebula. Yeah. And they kind of bond a little bit about both being cyborgs. I'm like, no, bro, yours is external. Okay. You're wearing mechanical chaps. She (laughs) has been taken apart and reassembled. She is the Lego. (laughs) All right. Like, so, I mean, I do like him as as an actor, but I I think Terrence Howard really left that mark on on Rhodes for me. He was really good. He was. And I don't know, you know, I'm also not really interested at this point. It's been a long time. I'm not either. I Um, agree. But he he was very good, and I think he would have continued to be very good uh, throughout the course of those movies. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out that way, and that sucks for Terrence Howard. But it is what it is. Good thing, <clears throat> good thing for old Donnie Cheadle, though. I'll tell you, absolutely, that. absolutely, good actor. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Anyway, so I think we've spoken enough about the good old movies. Oh, for sure. Let's let's jump into that TV because I know I mentioned Hawkeye already, and uh, you've seen yeah. all of it, right? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm okay. caught up on all the TV I need to. We can flip to the small screen whenever you're ready. 
You know, and it might be the small screen, but it's been big stories lately. Oh, my God. Yeah, it has. Massive stories. Massive. Has. Good shows. Uh, for as, as excited as we've been about movies and stuff uh, in the month, which we didn't even talk about Matrix Resurrections or anything else. Like, we pretty much fixated. Yes. Uh, for good yes. reason. But don't worry. That gives us plenty to talk about next week. Oh, for sure. Yes. And we will not. Uh, we won't forget about you, Matrix. We're, we're going to talk about you. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I'll take that red pill. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. So, anyway. Uh, but let's talk about TV. There was this little show that gave me show. everything I wanted and didn't even realize because I'd kind of forgotten, if I'm being completely honest. But Hawkeye was incredible. It was so well put together. It was so good. Was I even so loved well Kate Bishop. I, I, like, loved her. She made the show for me. Yeah, like, but, but I really liked that Marvel being true to Marvel fashion, they gave you a character who experienced the invasion of New York and gave her a reason to love Hawkeye. They they gave her they gave her so much character development in the first 10 minutes of that show, it's not even funny. Yeah. I honestly felt like she got more character development in 10 minutes than Black Widow did in the whole Black Widow film. Or Captain Marvel in the whole Captain Marvel film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, yeah, I still have questions about that. Yeah, we yeah, that's another show. There's a lot of really good stuff in the Captain Marvel movie, though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But there's a lot <laughs> of good us. stuff in Hawkeye. But Hawkeye, man, it's good. Yes. It's fun. You even get to see Kate's ingenuity at developing trick arrows before she even meets Clint. Right, right. You get to see the talent, the raw talent that's there. That's yeah. not a that's not a power, that's not anything like that. It's just raw talent, which I loved that. Because you you know, even with even with Clint, even in the Avengers movies and stuff, you get that kind of feeling like he's got some superhuman like, yeah, like Shield did something to him, or he's, he's got damn some near superhuman, right? Right, or he's got a quote unquote mutant power or something. Right out there, they laid on the line that Kate Bishop, everything about her was self made from the minute she was a kid and she saw this awesome superhero jump off a building and nail someone in the face with an arrow on the way down. She learned how to shoot, she learned martial arts, she learned how to sword fight, all this stuff like. Because she saw a hero do it, and she wanted to be that. And that's all the motivation she needed. And that was all the convincing I needed to know that I was going to like that character. Yeah. My only, only problem I had with Kate Bishop was that she was just another rich kid orphan. Agreed. Right. Which is, I mean, that's a trope. Let's, it, everyone falls into it, or a lot of people do. but mm -hmm. Agreed. And... All of the rich kids either end up orphans or their parents end up evil. Yeah, or like the Runaways, right? Which was the Hulu Marvel show, yep. which also a good show. Yeah, I uh, we never really talked about it, but yeah. yeah, it's good. But anyway, so that was like I was like, oh, of course, you know, everybody's oh, I lost dad, but we're mega rich, so I can go fund my training, right? You know, which right, we can go shoot a clock tower down, and mom will pay for it. We're straight. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Cool. And that is really me digging for something to not like. Because mm -hmm. if you just sit back and relax, this show is going to entertain you. Yes. Now, I will say, as we got further and further along in the season, um, I don't know if it didn't catch on with me or if it wasn't alluded to too much. But I, and I, I mentioned this to Jedi John at the last episode, and I, you know, I made it very clear. Like, if he didn't make it home for Christmas, I was going to be pissed. Oh, I was too. Because that's the dad in me. 
Yeah. And that's but the, that's also the dad and Clint. Exactly. Exactly. And Which you know, is, let's be real. One of the reasons why we love this show so much is because is he's because a dad. Clint is a f- he's like and a he's dad an old first, man. and he's yeah, a little bit of an old man. He's got some hearing issues. He's not moving as fast as he used to. He still got it, but you well, know, it takes a little longer to get out of the armor. Yeah, exactly. And and I think we all feel that in in a certain way. Yeah, the hello um, thirty. Yeah, and that was five years ago. Right. Yeah. Five years ago. That'd be nice. But, <laughs> but his wife was very understanding and. Oh, and I love how they finally just told you why she was so great. And I, I love that too. Yeah. I love that too, because the whole time I'm going through, it's like, okay, so he's going to get home and the wife's going to be gone or something. And I'm going to be pissed and I'm not going to be happy that I watch this show. And I was very pleasantly surprised i won't even say surprised i was very pleasantly you know convinced otherwise let's go that route um i i did like the angle there Uh, i liked how they inserted you know for instance the episode where he lost his hearing aid yes and his kid called yeah and yeah being someone who you know i don't i don't publish this a whole lot but i'm 60 percent deaf in my left ear and that's why I always insult you from the left. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. And it's also because my left doesn't hit hard enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, um, that kind of resonated with me a little bit because I've been there where I can't hear something the way that I need to. And, you know, stuff like that really helps, you know, helps the audience help me in this case, identify with not only with Clint for that feeling, but also with Kate for noticing it and like, okay, I need to help. Right. And being oh, yeah. that, you know, being that partner even when she didn't need to. Well, that was a really good testament just to her character. Right. Like, she's like, I'm not here just for myself. Yeah. Right. Like, she was because she had that, like, sense of immature. Young people do. Like, you get that call to go insert yourself into things. that sense of branding and that sense of imagery and yeah, things like, you like need that. Help. that they, yeah. Which was fun. But then in the moment, she knew what to, like, just inherently knew. Mm-hmm. Like, which is the difference between a lot of people who want to help and those who actually do the truly good and the ones that, that want to be good because they think it's the right thing to do versus. Yeah. She just did it, which was really cool. Yeah. And she also had that instinct. Yeah. Like she knew that Swordmaster was Swordmaster. Well, there was something wrong with stepdaddy. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was also. That was awesome. so cool. I <laughs> also felt like such an idiot. I did not know that was Swordmaster. Until he just like without a thought disarmed Kate. I didn't know it right away. Fighting. I but... did because I was watching and I do this thing now, which is horrible. If you're somebody who runs a podcast, that should be talking about all the stuff coming up and you know deep in the fandoms and things like that. But I also like to be surprised by the sure, shows, sure, and, and the movies and such. So I'll ignore a lot of stuff. I've ignored the casting. Mm-hmm. So in IMDb and all the casting, they tell you that character is Swordmaster. Yeah. But I never saw any of that. So I was like, well, this dude, the sweet mustache. And then, <laughs> like, you know he's up to something, right? Because especially in that first episode, you're like, yeah, this dude's up to something. You're like, you know you can tell that's how he's written. Mm-hmm. And then when Kate starts fencing with him, I still didn't even pick it up. I knew as soon as she agreed to fence with him, I was like, he is going to destroy her. Yeah, and he, he doesn't. Like, no. and then she's like, you're letting me win. Yeah. What are you hiding? And she's pushing the issue. And then she waits till he's off guard. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she goes to strike him. And he just with 
just a tiny whip of his wrist. I don't think he even looks. Yeah. Completely disarms her. And she's just like thrown way off guard. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's because it's Swordmaster. Okay. Yep. 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 I'm on it. Yeah, exactly. It it didn't 100% click with me. I, I knew that something like that was going to happen, but it didn't totally click with me until we were talking as a group after the episode. It was like, oh, God, how did I miss how that? How did I miss that? I had that. I missed it until then. The only other thing uh, that I had a big gripe with this show, and this one's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, Clint Barton's Clint Barton. He's still Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Years of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. training, master assassin. Let's be real. I mean... We remember Budapest very differently, right? Yeah. Like, he's that that good. How does Swordmaster get the drop on him in that apartment when he's walking right. through, cautiously looking around because he hears something? Yeah. You're telling me that he's going to let somebody just put a sword to him like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that was, very true. That was the only thing in the show where I immediately went, hold up. But after that, everything else was great. I loved Yelena. Yeah, can we just talk about how she needs her own show? <laughs> she does. So, dude, but, she finally got her mac and cheese. Yes. Now, yeah. before we get to this, before we get to this, because I, I, I also I love the gang. I uh, love like everything the, about all the tracksuit mafia yeah. was awesome. Um, the only thing Echo was Echo was fine, but she really didn't like. She didn't need to be there. I agree. Like she didn't really need to be there. Like Echo was fine. Like I liked that they introduced the character. She was cool. Awesome, great. The brother, like I understood all that. Um, you know where Echo should have showed up, right? Where she originally shows up in the comics. Yeah. She should have showed up in Daredevil. Yes, that's true. That's Be- true. Because there's this awesome dichotomy, which, I mean, the hearing loss stuff really was excellent, kind of like back and forth between her and Clint. I like how they had that that focus for an episode or an episode and a half or whatever where they had, you know, hey, this is our, you know, kind of our shared challenge here. I, I liked that. They did that well enough, by the way, that the first time I saw it, I thought that Clint's youngest son was deaf. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was, I was like, that's a major gap because he's clearly not deaf in Endgame. Right. Right, so that was that was a problem for me, and then later on I realized, oh, he's signing because he knows his dad can't hear him. Yeah, that's why he's signing. Like yeah. I took it differently because when they were in New York, he was trying to get the kid's attention. The kid wasn't listening. Right, and I was like, I think his son's deaf. And then no, you see his it son later. just doesn't listen because he's five. Yeah, and then you <laughs> see it later, and the kid's trying to sign to him again. You're like, oh, he's doing that because he knows his dad can't hear. Yeah. And and I think that maybe having Echo show up in Hawkeye will only lead to her showing up in other stuff. She has to show up in Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, because Daredevil's, you know, continuing and everything. So I think she'll show up there, and I hope that she gets a little bit more time and a little bit more fleshed out. You know where Echo shows up in the comics? Mm-hmm. Um, they end up fighting the hand. Yes. You know, you know who she dresses as while they do that, uh, right? Who? She dresses as Ronan. Okay. To okay, fight yeah. the hand yeah, in yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Brian Michael Bendis' uh, New Avengers run with art by David Finch. Okay. And it's okay. it's really good. Yes. Okay. I'll have to go back. And, and that's when that. Electra, I think, is, I'm pretty sure Electra is the head of the hand at that time. Which, okay. Yeah. Oh, you idiot. Why haven't you watched Daredevil season two yet? God. I'm familiar with a lot of Daredevil stories and things like that, but uh, I have not watched the show. I will fix that. You need to. It just takes some time. It's so you know? good. Uh, the Daredevil show. 
Okay, we're jumping now. We'll get right back. But uh, the Daredevil shows on Netflix sometimes feel longer than they need to be. Yeah, that makes sense. They fill out the whole hour. So okay. just be aware of that. So it's set aside some time. That's good to know. Um, but otherwise, Echo, you're right. I feel like if Echo's not there, not much changes. You're not going to miss a whole lot. I, I think that she they needed her to. Sh- yeah, like she shoehorned in Wilson Fisk. Yes, she shoehorned in Wilson Fisk. I felt like the 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 end kind of got a little complex. It did real fast. Um, yeah, because you real got fast. you got Kate fighting Kingpin, which was amazing. That was really cool to watch. Okay. It was amazing, but I really felt. Well, go ahead, and then I'll tell you how I feel about it. Yeah, no, that I I want to hear it for sure. Um, but then you've got you've got Clint fighting Yelena, which is still awesome. Yelena's entrance. It was funny because Yelena's entrance at first. We're watching it. Me and Steph are watching it, and I'm like, I'm I'm sitting there like, oh, that's one of that's one of Echo's people. I'm like, wait a minute. And as soon as I said it, Steph looked up. She's like, is that? And she didn't say anything. I'm like, yeah, it yep. definitely is. Yeah, it is. And uh, so when she showed up, and you had you know you had Clint that was like, somebody hired a Black Widow assassin to come after me. Like this is we're not we're not playing anymore. This is over. Um, so you had that, but then, you know, all of the stuff after that, Yelena and Kate's interaction, um, that reminded me, my favorite movie in the world is the movie Heat. Oh, yeah. That's the one with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And Val Kilmer's the crazy guy. Yes. No, Val Kilmer's not crazy. It's Tom Sizemore that's crazy. Val Kilmer's the guy that gambles all his money away. and, lo- and Oh, that's right. That's wife. right. That's right. But the scene with Pacino and De Niro, Pacino's the cop, De Niro's the the crime guy, and they end up getting, he ends up getting pulled over and they go have coffee. And they're sitting there talking and they're, they're having a regular conversation just like you and I are right now. But you know that they both want to kill each other. Yes. And then I'm watching this Kate Bishop across from Yelena and they're just talking. And Yelena makes the mac and cheese and it's a totally human thing to do. Like that, that is some, that, that's some that me and Florida man would have done in college when we lived together. We just have a pot of mac and cheese or whatever and, and you just sit there good. and BS. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, are you done? Oh, I love hot sauce. And she's just dumping hot sauce in there. It's like it's so human in the way they did that scene. Even though they're very casually talking, like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna talk to him. I want to kill him. I'm here to kill him. Oh yeah. I, I just, just want to know what you know about him. Yeah, just so such a casual conversation. And then as soon as it's over, it's back to business. Mm-hmm. And then you get Yelena who who texts Kate and says, hey, I found out who hired me. It was your mom. Yes. And, and, and like all of that like kind of came around and I'm sitting here like, holy crap, this is so like well-constructed how they're bringing everybody together at the end. What, and, and also Kate's mom. Yes. Um, you're just kind of like, are you, do I hate you? Do I not hate you? I'm not sure. You don't always want to hate the parents, but you kind of want to hate the parents. You kind of, yeah. And then, of course, you know, when, she, when Fist shows up, it's like all all bets are off. Oh, yeah, yeah. When right, Fist because it, they allude to him the entire, like, series. And then when he shows up, first of all, I love Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, he's okay. so good. <laughs> His kingpin is just really awesome. And I wish I could converse with you about this. Uh, but you haven't watched it, so you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But 
it was really exciting for him to show up in a white suit, but he was a little he was a little MCU'd, right? Like uh-huh. they, they tend to soften things and put it more towards comedy. Yeah, so like having the Hawaiian him, shirt. Having him rock yeah. a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> under his white suit was insanely smart. Yes. Like it was a little subtle way to be like, yeah, we like to have fun here. Yeah. Uh, but we're 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 still doing doing some stuff. And then uh, you know, him getting hit with the arrows. Right. And just kind of like brushing and them not off. getting phased in the slightest. Yeah. Well, a lot of that has to do with what his suit's made out of, right? Right, which is one of the things that you, you figure out at the end of season one of Daredevil. There's good reason for that. And mm-hmm. but I was watching this, and I have seen three seasons of Daredevil, so I've seen a lot of, of Wilson Fisk in action fighting Daredevil. Yeah, and the only thing I could think was, you know, I don't like the fact that Kate Bishop can body Kingpin right here. That bothered me. But then but then somebody goes, well, you know, he's really just annoyed with her. Right. She's like a gnat to him that he's swatting away. And that shows in yeah. that fight. And then I watched it again, and as I'm watching it progress, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, she's doing all this stuff, and he's just like, he like growls. Yeah. And the, the more she hits him, the more his growls grow until he's finally like, Okay, now you're pissing me off. Yeah, she she's doing all of the wild martial arts stuff and everything like that, which I I love that kind of stuff because it's fun to watch. Being a martial artist, I like to watch it and and stuff like that. So I'm watching it. She's doing. She Judo is chop. literally giving it everything she has, and he's just very clearly he's not beaten. He's just okay. Are you going to quit it already? It's the same thing with Yelena. And the yeah. other, she's like, would you stop it? Right. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 perfect. It's fitting to the rest of Kate's role in that show. Yes. Without, you know, Definitely. she doesn't look stupid. No. She never looks stupid. But what they very skillfully do in Hawkeye is show you that she's just inexperienced. Right. And this is her really, like, I mean, she really gets her feet wet. Like yeah. she develops a lot of her potential and skill in oh, the yeah. show. She dives in with both feet for sure. Um, I love the way they put the season, they put the bow on the season where he brings her home for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Because number one, he makes it home for Christmas like he freaking should. Absolutely. Um, you know, and number two, it it kind of ties her in a little bit. Yeah, it makes um, her a part of the family. Makes her part of the family. It makes, you know, almost makes her an Avenger a little bit, too. A little bit. It um, makes her a young Avenger. Exactly. And then they're having the conversation where she's talking about her name, and he's like, I got a better one for you. And then they cut to credits. Well, you know what that better one is. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's fantastic. The way that the way that, that whole that's thing That's a nice passing together, the torch moment. It was brilliant. It was, it was exceptionally well done. And I love that they kept lucky. Yes. Like the one-eyed pizza-eating dog was for some <laughs> reason really important to me in this yes. show. I don't know why. It wasn't it just was. you. Like the the when the dog showed up, like Twitter went crazy. Like social media, like went nuts over that. Yeah, it was definitely not just you, by any means. And I agree with you. I think it was good that the dog was still there. Um, kind of a nice little add-on. The the little stuff that they did in this show that was kind of goofy, like the Larpers. Were great. Yeah, they were entertaining. They were hysterical. Uh, the only thing that could have made that better is if Paul Rudd would have showed up because of the role models tie-in. That uh, would have been even better. Or at least uh, Fogel. <laughs> right. right. You know, like, that would be cool. But yes. yeah, all in all, in all uh, Hawkeye was, I mean, 
we say this every time there's a new Disney plus Marvel show, but it's really high up there for me. It, it, if it's not my favorite, which I think, I think WandaVision might still be my favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's number two for sure. See, looking back on it, Loki's number one for me, and this is number two. Yeah, well, I put WandaVision up there so high because once that fourth episode hit, mm -hmm. man, it went nuts. I and I don't blame you for that. Um, and then, by like, any means. WandaVision, it's, it's like loving Iron Man because it's the first, right? Right. Like, right. I, I just have this love for WandaVision. Um, it's a great Lo show. Loki's still really good. Oh yeah, I think uh, Falcon Winter Soldier easily is my least favorite. I would agree, and it's a shame because that was a good show. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying, in in this hierarchy of TV shows, they're right. all so good that a show like that makes the bottom rung right. of the they're, ladder. They're all so well constructed that even the worst one can stand up against a lot of the really TV that's show, coming yeah. out. Um, so I I want to... and. You know, I'll, I want to say something brief about the Wheel of Time because the last season ended right after Hawkeye did. Isn't this the first season? It is the first season. Okay. Um, the first season. So if you are a fan of the books, not me, because I'm, a, I'm an understanding human being, I guess you can say. But a lot of the hardcore book fans did not like the show because they do take a lot of liberties. But uh, they kind of have to. But yeah, well, and that's no. Amazon's way. They definitely have to. Those books are so heavy that you, you definitely have to take some liberties with it for sure. I mean, you got eight episodes. Um, I did hear that Amazon has increased the budget for season two by about 40%, which is Woo, only going to be That's a lot of money. Um, Wheel of Time was the most streamed show on Amazon in history. Uh, it was also, I think it had like one point. I had no idea that fan base was so big. Oh, it was big, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go no, ahead. it's okay. It had like 1.2 billion individual streams over the course of the first season, which is unbelievably high, uh, which I, I'm excited about. I've read most of the books. I like the books a great deal. Um, I'm not... I'm not a clown like a lot of the book readers are, you know, a lot of the hardcore book people are. No offense if you're one of them, but you got to give this show a chance. It's it's worth watching. Is it the same as the books? No. Have they taken some liberties? Absolutely, yes, they have. However, the question that you have to ask yourself is, are they telling a good story? And I believe that they are. Um, I think they had to add a little bit of suspense and a little bit of interest as far as who the dragon is. They had to add a little bit more suspense on some of the other things while also accelerating a few things too. Perrin has a wife because you have to show Perrin as a brooding, angry person early. You don't have eight books to tell this story. You have half a season to explain why Perrin exists. Otherwise, gets lost in the shuffle and you never see the character again. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, you've got, you know, they, they kind of held back on Rand a little bit for good reason, and I think you'll see a major change on that in Season 2. I cannot wait to see how Season 2 progresses when they have so much more money for the budget, so much more time and things like that to get it right. Um, they do have a new cast member for Matt, which, okay... You know, I, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I thought the guy that played Matt was pretty good. But obviously there's a reason he's not there anymore, so we'll see how the new guy does. Um, 
but yeah, all in all, I thought that the first season was a very good outing. I think a show like this is going to be one like a lot of the Star Trek shows where the first season is probably the weakest season. You get into the second and the third and the fourth, and I think this is going to be a show where you're going to have a whole lot of people talking about it and not just you know nerdy people like me who read most of the books and you know have a little bit of a frame of reference. But I don't know. That's just my thoughts. I don't know. I feel like your thoughts are pretty valid and good. Yeah, thanks. I, feel, I went on a little bit of a rant there. Well, but, I feel uh, enlightened. <laughs> I feel enlightened. You know, sometimes you know when somebody starts talking about something that I absolutely have no idea on, mm-hmm. it's good to sit back and learn something for a minute. I would encourage you to go through and watch the show. Um, it's it, it's very Game of Thrones esque. Um, the first episode is probably of the whole season. It's probably the weakest. But okay. once you but get the, into the second, third, forty-eight minute long, they're, right? yeah, they're they're a regular hour-long TV show. Okay. Um, okay. Once you get to the second and third episode, the action really picks up. It's very entertaining. Um, you know, you don't have to be a fan of the books to follow along. You know, and I think that's, that's the biggest really thing because you know it's it's the same deal with like the MCU. You don't have to be a comic book fan to like the MCU movies. Does it help in certain ways? Sure, it does. Absolutely. Do you know where being a fan of the comics really helps you in the MCU? Where? It helps you in those mid and post credit scenes. I, I would agree where with that. Where you go? That's the fan service. Yeah, hey, I know who that guy is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or like when Daredevil shows up, you know, in Spider-Man. Right. Or, you know, you know Star Fox shows up at the end of Eternals, and everybody's like, hey, uh, who's Harry Styles supposed to be? And you're like, obviously a Power Ranger. <laughs> there that's you not go. The point. Yeah. <laughs> that's Thanos' brother, and yeah. we'll talk about that. Oh, for sure. So um, I've taken enough time with Wheel of Time, though. Uh, I know we have one more show that's awfully important that we talk about, even though we've only had one episode. Um, so what do you think of Book of Boba Fett so far? You know, I got to tell you, there was a scene in there that I've been dying for it for like, Almost 40 years now uh-huh. uh, doesn't feel right uh, yeah. because I know Jedi John has been dying for it a lot longer. But right. seeing Boba escape from the Sarlacc pit was awesome. That was really, right? really cool. That was one of the scenes in that show that I needed mm-hmm. because, you know, it's always the thing. How do, you, how do you survive? How do you do it? Right. Showing him in the midst of being digested. Yeah. Finally just say, to hell with this. I'm out. Yeah. And dig his way out, Shawshank style, you know, yeah. just crawl out um, was amazing. And then all of a sudden, all the scars on him make sense, right? Because mm-hmm. these are acid burns. He was being digested. Yes. Yeah. And it, that was that was probably, of the first episode, that was probably my favorite part. Oh, that was my easily my most favorite part. Because I, I had to see that. You know, yeah, it was necessary. Yeah, you had to see they you had they had to make a point to make that stand out. They actually no, here's the cool part about it. They didn't have to. Right? I mean, they could have easily said, "Yeah, I survived. I got out." and just glossed over it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you John Favreau went, "We need to show Bob, we need to show Boba in the in the pit. Oh, we yeah. need to show him escape." Yeah. And they have him just unleash the flamethrower inside this thing. Like I Honestly, I really expected there to be like a gas bubble in the digestive tract and him to just explode that thing. That's right. really what I thought was ha- going to happen. Right. Yeah, something crazy. Just something like really that. cool like that. Yeah. But uh, he did even more viscerally. Uh, he's crawling out with, uh, I mean, 
well, they say it's like dying a thousand deaths, right? Like yeah. it's horrible inside there. So, you know, it wasn't great. And then they did something that they really did not have to do. Mm-hmm. They put him through like eight more kinds of hell. Yeah. It, it's funny because at one point, I think I was about 15 minutes through the show. Logan came in the room and I paused it because he was talking to me. He's like, what are you watching? So, you know, he thought I was watching the Mandalorian. Right. I'm like, I'm watching the book of Boba Fett. He's like, is it, he's like, is it cool? And I looked. Like, jury's and, out. I'll let you know. Well, I, I looked and I said, you know, yeah, I mean, so far it's pretty cool. And I looked and it's like, man, so far I've watched 16 minutes of Boba Fett getting his ass kicked. For real. I mean, that guy got put through some stuff in that first episode. I mean, he, he crawls out of the Sarlacc pit. Not great. Already right. a terrible time. Then he gets jumped by Jawas. Yeah, he gets jumped by Jawas. Not um, great. Yeah. And then his rescuers are the Tuscan Raiders. My yeah. God. He took more gaffy sticks to the head than, oh my goodness. And it, this show does a really good job of making Jawas look bad. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone <laughs> universally despises Jawas. Yeah. If they don't, they do now. You're right. I mean, good Lord. But yeah, they are a terrible sand people. They're awful. <laughs> I, I've got to say, like as a whole on this show, I loved the Sarlacc pit. I loved mm-hmm. some of the some of the stuff I saw. I thought was really great. Um, I I thought that the you know the being captive by the sand people and things like that. I thought was, I thought that was actually really kind of cool. How you don't show that he just oh he just got up and walked to Java's palace and started shooting. Right. Like, he actually, like, he worked for what he's got now. One, I mean, that was cool. But that also, I think, really bridges a gap that when you see Boba in The Mandalorian, the first mm -hmm. time you see him, he has a Tuscan staff. Yes. Right? Which makes sense. So now you've bridged that gap. Yeah. Which is cool. But there was also something else that they show you in um, that first episode that kind of really makes you reevaluate how you have traditionally seen Tuscan Raiders, mm-hmm. right? So the young Tuscan takes Boba, and the other guy who I don't really care about because he's a snitch. <coughs> yeah, he's a snitch. Just get stitches. That's dude. right. I could have killed you. But anyway, the young Tuscan Raider takes them to a village or a house. It's just a house that's being pillaged by just some other people, and it looks like they're framing the Tuscans for it. Yeah, and I thought that that was like, hey man, that's not cool. And then it just kind of makes you reevaluate how you've seen the Tuskins all throughout the Star Wars lore. Right. And right. I was like, hmm, I didn't know that I wanted to reevaluate my yeah, biases on the, these characters that aren't were, real. They were just the worst until that episode of the Absolutely. Mandalorian when, when Mando can communicate with them. Absolutely. Before yeah. that, you're like, I hate these things. I mean, all I think of is Uncle Ben fighting one off, right? Right. I mean, that's all I think of from the first Star Wars. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I think these guys are getting a bad rap. And they show yeah. you that, and you're just like, dang, man, come yeah. on. Yeah, this isn't fair. This should be fair. You know, and I mean, they're obviously a, a group of people who they value someone on their, their power and ability. Right. right. And so once they see that not only can Boba fight, but that he also has some for whatever reason, which is brand new, I think, uh, some code of honor. Yes. Which is my my biggest complaint, but I'll get to that in a second. But, like, he has his code of honor, and, you know, he does the right thing that they're like, here, have some water. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think my biggest disconnect 
in I, a lot of people have shared this. Um, I, I really wish Jedi John was here uh, because this would be a great conversation. Is I'm struggling to connect this Boba Fett with the one who goes into the pit in Return of the Jedi. Right. Right. You don't get a guy who's that cold and who bounties for money and mm-hmm. struggles to not shoot first after a near-death experience and several subsequent traumatic experiences. Right. And all of a sudden, he's just kind of a chill dude. Yeah, I, I don't know. At that point, I would almost assume, and, you know, I'm not writing the show, obviously, but you would almost assume at that point he would become more animalistic. Well, and ready for survival, right? Like, yeah, that is what I would assume. But instead, he goes way the opposite way and then gets somehow motivated to rule through respect instead of fear. And I feel like I feel like this show would have benefited from having two episodes drop on the same night. The first two. I agree. Because I'm left with so much. I don't even want to say confusion. I'm left with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I also feel like you you needed to have a good deal of of seeing the struggle that he made to get to the point that he was at. Okay, that that's fine. Absolutely. But I want him to go through a lot to get to where we find him again. But if you're gonna, I know do I want to go through that much though. Right, and if you're gonna do that, don't split the show because what they did is they split it between scenes where he Past was building present. up. And then they split it to scenes where he's taking tribute from people around town and he's already the new, you know, the new daimyo. Right. Okay, that's great. That's fine. But how did I, I'm completely missing the boat on how you got there. And then, you know, your present scene with you and Fennec is you getting your butt kicked by the Foot Clan and doing parkour on the roofs in Mos Espa. Well, no, he's not doing parkour or anything. No, she is, which, I mean, she's, she's bad. By the she way. bad. But my new, mm-hmm. my new quote is Finnick can do what she want as long as we see it on screen. I'm right. down for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, Boba, whatever. Yeah, you, you've got rules or whatever now, but Finnick, <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I don't feel like this episode did a whole lot to further at least present day Boba Fett. Yeah, you get to see him come out of the Sarlacc pit, and that's awesome. You get to see some of the struggle with the, the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Um, the flashback scenes and everything I thought were excellent, but the present day stuff, aside from when he got into it with the mayor's little envoy guy, which was pretty funny because you know that mayor is going to get his real, real good, oh real, yeah, real soon. Yeah. Um, other than that, I it just didn't resonate much with me. Like I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. Like I want to watch and I want to see where it goes, but the first episode wasn't. I mean, it was probably a C student for me, honestly. Yeah, it was very middle of the line. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. The Boba Fett we got in Mandalorian where he meets the actual Mandalorians. Yeah. That was the Boba Fett I was looking for Mm -hmm. in this particular episode. And it's not the one we get. No. But I also have a lot of faith in Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau um, that we're going to get a lot more and everything will make sense. I believe in them, which is why I said I think two episodes on the first day would, would have been, been beneficial. Good. I agree. Um, I agree with that statement. And I hope by the time this episode drops, uh, the second episode will have aired. Uh, and by this episode, I mean of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. enjoy. <laughs> uh, but 
Otherwise, you know, I love that they're continuing the Star Wars stories. Oh, me too. Me too. I love that we're getting Boba Fett. Yeah. Which is great. But now I'm looking for just a little more. Yeah. And and I think we'll get it. I think we'll get yeah. it. But I'm looking for a little more. I'm very curious to see what uh, what Jedi John and Obi-Shan have to say on the Force Diet. Because you know they'll go deep into this. Oh, absolutely. And um, there will be much, much more in-depth knowledge there and, and stuff to share. So. For sure. Uh, after you're done listening to this, why don't you go on over and check our sister podcast, The Force Diet Podcast, with mm-hmm. Obi Sean and Jedi John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely go check that out. Well, either way, that takes us out to a little bit of, um, you know, I'm going to be real with you. I've been so, like, just swamped and stoked. I haven't even really caught up with comics. So I think we're just going to move on to our Patreon shout-outs and then hit bid our dues. Let's hit it. Earlier in the episode, we mentioned that you can go to patreon.com slash galacticdads and support us on Patreon. It would be much appreciated. But there is the producer-level tier and also the I Love You 3000-level tier, which you get mentioned on every single episode of the podcast. And now is that time. Uh, Laser Eric, I'll let you start off with uh, the OG Patreon supporter who deserves much love. Oh, you mean the original? The first. The first and foremost, Mr. Keith Jefferson. He Mm -hmm. was the first producer-level Patreon subscriber. First Patreon subscriber, if I'm not mistaken, on day one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he has been a supporter monthly ever since. And we love him very much for it. Thank you very much, Keith. Um, Keith's a great dad, self-described geek. Um, I've seen him online, you know, with the Galactic Dad swag and everything. I definitely reps the show for us, and uh, we appreciate you very much, Keith. So thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, next, that takes us up to the other Keith, and that is TK31788 of the 501st. Uh, TK is an awesome supporter of the show. Uh, he is the self-appointed Galactic Dads fact checker. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, he really holds us to the coals, and no one asked him to do that, uh, but we're <laughs> glad he does, and he's a huge supporter of the show, a great friend as well. Good dude, and uh, I think he's settling into homeownership very nicely. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to him, and sure. also thank him so much for that support. Yes. Then, of course, that brings us to Ezra Laser. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a gaming man. He is, well, he's just a great dude. But he's also uh, a man who is wise in his ways of building Gundam models. He does the builds online, too, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, I thought I, thought I, really I tuned cool. in for one of those not too long ago. Yeah, so he does that, and then he also is deep within all the fandoms. I mean, he's mm-hmm. essentially, you know, he's the guy we love, and he's also a great supporter of the show, so we thank you very much, Azure Laser. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, that brings us to our I Love You 3000 level supporter, the legend. The man. Joe President. We love Joe President very much. He heads up uh, another sister podcast on the uh, Galactic Dads Media Network, and that is the Comic Shop Couch. Uh, but Joe's a great guy. He's an incredible father in his own right. Uh, he's been featured on the Galactic Dads podcast uh, twice now. Uh, at least once. We it should, get him should on again, be though. twice. Yeah, we should get him on again. I think so. Uh, but I love going to Comic-Cons with him. He knows it, and so is everybody else involved. i got to get up there with you guys at some point in time. Yeah, you will have a great time. I'm, I have no doubt. You really will. No doubt. Uh, I would go up there even without a con just to see everybody. <laughs> uh, it, would, it would truly be a treat. 
But uh, otherwise, I mean, um, Joe President is a fantastic, fantastic fan. The man has comic book tattoos. He's that involved. Uh, and uh, he does awesome cosplays. Just a great all-around dude. So, uh, Joe President, we really appreciate you. And, uh, of course, we also love our annual supporter, mm-hmm. and that's Obi Sean himself. The man is great. Uh, I mean, we don't need to introduce him anymore. We can just tell you, Obi Sean's awesome. Yes, he is. And, yes, uh, he is. If, Listen if, to his podcast as well. And you'll be glad you did. For sure. Diving deep on the Force Dyad, guys. Yep. All right. So, all of our supporters, we thank you very much, and you have all certainly earned your applause. All right, I think that brings us to the end here. It's uh, it's where we finish these beers and, of course, say cheers, and we thank all of you for listening. And remember, you know, like, rate, leave a review, and definitely share the podcast on whatever social media you're looking at or whatever uh, podcasting platform you're listening to us on. Uh, if it happens to be on Spotify, there's a brand-new rating system that went live, and uh, feel free to leave us that nice, sweet five-star rating. So easy. It's so really easy. easy. Really easy. And, of course, you can check us out on patreon.com slash galacticdads for those bonus episodes, exclusive only to Patreon subscribers, and much more exciting content. Plus, you even get the ability to get your hands on Sweet Galactic Dads merch. And if you want more of that, you can check us out on TeePublic uh, slash user slash galacticdads, and you can see all the different designs we have for hoodies, T-shirts, and so much more. So definitely go check that out mm-hmm. as well. But listen, guys. Till next episode, we thank you for listening. And of course, keep on doing the dad thing. Cheers. Cheers.